Hey folks, this is Todd from Redneck Country. We have partnered with Millard Outdoors to bring you a special deal. Right now, if you're a gun club or an outdoor organization of some facet, Millard Outdoors is offering your first order of any promotional items, such as hats, shirts, jerseys, water bottles, coffee mugs, pens, anything for cost. That's right, at straight cost. You'll be surprised how low the prices are. Get your name out there. Get your brand promoted. Contact Millard Outdoors today to get your complete first order at cost. Just email info at millardoutdoors.com. That's info at millardoutdoors.com. M-I-L-L-A-R-D outdoors.com. Referencing the Redneck Country podcast and someone will get back to you ASAP. Now that we've got the sponsor advert out of the way, here's this week's episode of the Redneck Country Podcast, uninterrupted, just like we know you want me. I mean us. We hope you enjoy it. One of the Redneck Country Podcasts. You're on with Real Redneck Tom Millard. And of course, we've got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill Tom Bill. Are you there? I am here, and uh, it's a beautiful night for a podcast. Hey, hey, I've been outside today shortly, and I will second that. It is a nice day out. Your wife kicked you out finally, did she? <laughs> I had to go pick up some stuff. <laughs> I had to go pick up some stuff and visit a good friend of ours. You did, did you? I did. I did. I had some uh, some goalie skates that I had oh, to go yeah. pick up uh, that just happened to be in, 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 in a local town where I've been neglecting my, what's the term they use? I don't even know what the term is, but my body, I guess. And so I thought, what an ample opportunity to reach out to our good friend, our barbell massage therapist, Wendy. And so I had a massage. I booked a massage. You did. I did. Oh, did I, you get your nails and hair done? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is this is not spa massage. And if you know Wendy, <laughs> you're gonna cry. Like yeah. it was insanity. And so where I broke my back bull riding, right? Those muscles on the sides. She she took this suction cup thingy and stuck it in like a pump. <laughs> And I'm like, what are you oh, doing? You get little two inch circles all over your. Oh your- my gosh, dude! I was crying. Like, <laughs> she's like, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. Pump tonight, is but that when- it? She pumped you up. <laughs> she she pumped you up. She had a pump. <laughs> you up? She did. She did. And now I'm like Gumby and Pokey. Like I'm Lucy Goosey. Did I just age you, myself you with that reference? That you can actually introduce your dad, or are you gonna wait till the podcast is over to? <sighs> Uh, he's he's too pumped up. He's too pumped. He's too <laughs> thinking about what's going on. I didn't want a lunch bag let down, everybody. But yes, he yeah. is here. My father, the patriarch of redneck country, real redneck Domel, our dad, is your mic hot. My mic's hot. It was a great night for a walk over. I could do it again. I think it's, uh, the, the seasons are changing, like I've said, three weeks in a row now. As a matter of fact, uh, most of the snow in our backyard is, is officially gone. Then it came back yesterday because I I wish for for nicer. I told you, Wired and Willie, you yeah. screw us every time, you freaking groundhog. Yeah, it came back yeah. here yesterday yeah. too, but it's pretty much gone now. Oh, again. it's gone, gone now. Good. Snowmobile season's over. Classic car season's starting up. Snowmobile season's over. So you go from yeah. walking from one 
hobby that you have to walking with another <laughs> hobby that you have. <laughs> I, I refuse to send you any more uh, emails, texts, anything. Nothing. No, uh, nothing? nothing. Not I, even nope. when the jogger rear ends you? You won't you won't like no, send not, that because I know you gotta take pictures for insurance when he crumples the back end of that thing. <laughs> well, we, we, you are officially cut off. You know, I, I heard something uh, the other day is be careful who you share good news with because you'll really find out who your true friends are. <laughs> See, and so, your true friends are those that make fun of you. Your dad was... <laughs> I'm pretty was, certain. Yeah, come perfect. on. Hey, if somebody's a, that nice to you, I'm always looking for the knife, my man. Yeah, because true really, friends... Hold, hold on, Dad. No, See, his mic is really hot. I got a good picture post from Bill th- th- this <sighs> week. And I, did he get it too, Bill, or not? No, I didn't send him the picture. <laughs> awesome, Bill. He messaged awesome. me and said, you've been cut out. That's all I got. I have no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> awesome. He says, you've been cut out. And I'm like, but for real, I will often say, I only make fun of people I like. If I don't talk to you, yeah, I'll take the hint. If I'm really nice to you, whoa, because I'm a kill him with no, kindness kind of dude. No, dude. <laughs> but if I chirp you, hey, man, we're, we're best buddies. We're darn near married. There you go. So, yeah, the, the uh, radio works. I got uh, some work done. Oh, I did suite. see that. Yeah. I don't know what but the I music was the bumping. I, I've never heard so much bass put through Lawrence Welk. Oh, that's, my friend, if I think you better get yourself tested for COVID because one of the symptoms is no taste. That's for sure. <laughs> well played, Bill. Whoa, he's coming with the wit. Dad was just saying we were driving to the gun club there last week. And Dad actually said, he goes, you know what? I was thinking. He says, Bill is really, really witty. Like he's got that set. You just, and it, he's, and he's quick. He's uh, now I'm going to pump you up, buddy. So I might not like you anymore, but so he's like, he, he goes, he, he gets like, he gets a joke instantly and he's got a comeback in seconds. That just shows intelligence. Like that's, he's, he's really smart. Like, and when he's, it takes you a second to get those jokes, but somebody that can pick up a joke that fast and turn it around is pretty intelligent. So you said that, didn't you dad? And yeah. He wasn't getting the message, Bill. I was trying to say, you know, it's a good thing you got somebody intelligent on this podcast or it's going to bomb. <laughs> and I was going to say, you know, well, you know and, said that's and really, why I'm on here. I said, well, that that's right. Bill has learned from the best over 112 <laughs> oh, yeah. episodes. And Bill, you're we welcome. This, huh? You hey, are thank you. welcome. I appreciate you pumping me up like that. And I'll do my best to maintain the the even level keel for the rest of the podcast then. <laughs> now pressure's on. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel no pressure. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. And I was uh you know the other thing that happened this week and, and I know I'm I'm just getting right into what I did this week and hogging the mic to start off with. Holy who is this Bill? I thought about you Don this week because my coffee maker died. Like mm. sparks coming out of the, the switch died. Mm, and <laughs> I thought we had to get a new coffee maker, which is uh, it's new. I don't like change. This was an old uh, Brun or Bun <laughs> Tim Hortons did, coffee maker. Did you have to put it on the wood stove to get it heated, and then it starts popping in that little glass tube on the top, so you know you're good? I got one of those actually. They, they actually were pretty good on a Coleman camp stove. Wait a minute, are we it? talking about coffee? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I didn't As start the conversation. The yeah, I was no. gonna say, holy no. gee, I don't even know who this is this week. It's like you've 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 hit puberty. I don't know. Yeah, Welcome to Manhood, it. Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, <laughs> massages, nail appointments that you've got, but anyways, we've got a uh, new coffee maker in the house, and I know it's not like a. a 
a, a programmable toaster through your iPhone like you got done. But I decided to go with just a regular Hamilton Beach. And I don't like change. I won this coffee maker that I had to replace in a Tim Hortons Roll Up the Rim, rim contest about 20 years ago. And They had Roll Up the Rim 20 years ago? Yeah, I know. You've had a few concussions and there's things that you don't remember in your life. But they actually had... A time where I was able to roll the rim on a coffee cup as opposed to swiping up my cell phone and and getting the the, the roll up rim that way. But I won a coffee maker and I had to play taps and bury it in the backyard because it died after many years of dedicated service. So. You polluted our ground with your coffee maker. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I, I put a. Uh, so what do you do? Though, like, when you say coffee maker, you make like a pot. I make a well. This is the, the how funny old thing. school is this? You bought an actual coffee maker versus a pod machine. See, like this, a is where, this is where you and I different differ because you know I don't just do individual coffee. I do coffee for multiple people. Well, I see. So if you're going to drink that. it that once a month, you're going big or go home kind of thing. Yeah, it's well, a man so for a day yeah, versus a tea bag. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I don't well, think you do. I can't use a. <laughs> can't use a coffee maker for two reasons. I, I like my coffee really strong and really hot. And so if I make it a, a pot, I can make it really strong, but it doesn't stay as hot as I like. It. And so what I've done is, and I have to have decaf, so I don't make it for multiple people. My wife doesn't drink coffee. And so it's just for me. So when I make coffee, I use Maxwell House Instant. And then I can make uh, it as the good strong stuff. as I want. The good stuff, yeah. And I put the, and I put the uh, hot boiling water in there, and it's hot every cup. And I drink a lot of coffee through the day. but You put cream and sugar in your coffee? I put one cream and two sweeteners. Right. But it's really, it's really strong. It's not like the triple-triple that... And the boy beside you. Only almond milk, my dude. Yeah. Yeah, Only yeah. almond milk. Yeah. Since when do you ever push an almond and you get milk out of it? <laughs> hey, I I don't argue with science. I just trust it. Well, yeah. I go through a I go through a jar a week for that instant. I keep telling my wife, watch for it on sale. She calls me. She'll say it's on for two fifty or something. I say okay, get twenty or thirty jars of it. Because I go through one a week. So what kind of coffee are you making? Jars. Oh, 20 or 30 jars. I do. I got a box downstairs. They're all in order of dates. I'm not going to tell you what type of coffee I'm drinking. Because that Starbucks coffee that I drink from, uh, you're not going to, you don't drink that stuff. <laughs> is it so Van Gogh? Actually, Van Gogh. No, I don't drink that stuff. What I do is I actually go to Costco. And I get the big bag of Starbucks beans and I grind my own beans every morning and I make my coffee that way. Because I like the fresh beans. Look at you. That's kind of bushy. Bushy bill. That's, yeah, (laughs) on a budget. That's for sure. I'm fancy like Applebee's. That's for sure. (laughs) My wine's in a box and my beans come from Costco. That's it. So, see, I just bought the Starbucks. Uh, We went to Costco on the weekend and Jen just got it. We haven't been in years. And so we went and I just got Starbucks pods. Yep. They're actually okay. I mean, the, the the pods I drink, if I'm at work, they actually, the uh, McDonald's nope. espresso. I got a bunch espresso. of McDonald's. Oh, the espresso, maybe. I got I the McDonald's. I like regular McDonald's coffee. Yeah, I, no. I, we're not I, sponsored by McDonald's. I don't have anything against their breakfast sandwiches. I know my brother eats them like they're going out of style. <laughs> actually, the other day, <laughs> the other day we were having a conversation with my brother and I, and I asked him what he was eating. And, uh, and, and he breakfast was burrito lunch. from Max or it was McDonald's? 
It was McDonald's breakfast <laughs> for lunch is what he was having. So I was having meat and potatoes and he was having. You don't get a body like that eating like we do. <laughs> I tell you what, though, he, he actually plays a lot of hockey, too. So you he do does. get something in common. I, the amount of hockey he plays, I'd be dead. I'm telling you right now, I don't have the, the, the desire to, to stay on the ice for that long. I don't know how long his shifts are. But I tell you right now, he's he's playing a lot more hockey than I ever thought I would or he would at that age. But anyways, yeah, so Good the honest. McDonald's coffee is terrible. Uh, but the McDonald's espresso pods is like old school McDonald's coffee before they change the recipe. And it is fantastic. Well, I might have to try some. Yeah, try that. Don't try that regular stuff. It's oh, I got it. And yeah, I'm I'm it's terrible. But we're trying to get through the last of it. I'm not a fan. Yeah. So, anyways, there you go. All right, and the only other thing that I did this week, which was hilarious, I went to the gun club on uh, on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, so I get and I a message, go. and you're like, I'm out, yeah. I'm done. Gone. Well, Sunday I went. It was terrible. <laughs> like, I, I've never been to a gun club where it, I had to lean into the wind to not get knocked over. That's how, like, it was, it was ridiculous. It was just an absolute waste of 25 shells. 50 shells because Candace was the same way. Lights were falling over. They had to hold them down with. But dude, with, with, there was an extreme boards. wind warning of gusts to 100 kilometers yeah. an hour. <laughs> For our American up. friends, it's about 50, 50 mile an hour, 55 mile an hour. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, like, it's not like you didn't know it was coming, Bill. <laughs> you know, I kind of had a thought. And, you know, we live in a spot here where the weather in where I live. And 10 minutes either way sometimes could be drastically different. It was not drastically different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was very, very windy here. And we went 10, uh, 17 minutes uh, south is where the, uh, the trap club is. And it was as windy as it was here. And the, the <laughs> you'd get one target that would be like a rabbit because <clears throat> the wind would catch it coming across the house and it would like, Blow it right out of the blow sky, it down like a bullet dropping, like a yeah, missile. And the next one would be, you know, <laughs> catching air and high. surfing. Yeah, it was like I was shooting a wobble trap, but the trap wasn't set to wobble. It was, it was just a waste. And Candace and I looked at each other after the uh, after the one round, and Frank actually, uh, you know, uh, Frank, uh, Frankie Bonnyuto Jr. Yeah, he comes comes to me after he was on station five. I was on station four to finish it off, and he's like, so. You want to waste another box of shells? And him and I posted, that's enough. There's no point wasting more shells. So, yeah, unless you grab your hunting gun. Yeah. Yeah. And his dad, Lou, is just, he's he's hilarious. But he, uh, he said to me on a day like today, you don't come to shoot. You come to socialize with your friends, have a cup of coffee and just relax. Because there's nothing you can do and learn from a day like, like Sunday. Nothing at all. So we had some fun laughing at each other and some of the targets. But at the end of the day, we just carried on our way and uh, came home. And it was it was a good day, anyways. So, I know. Yeah. So you guys had a good week. I can't complain, Dad. Mm, do you want to really? go with what you I've did heard. this week? <laughs> I've heard you. I, I just no, just the normal stuff. Kept up my walks on uh, the snowy days. I walked at the arena on the sunny days. I I bared the cold and walked around the neighborhood. But other than that, went to the gun club and. I was pleased with my shooting last Wednesday night. I think I'm finally back now holding the gun correctly and uh, going for the targets. I shot, what did I shoot? I shot a 20, 22, 20, 22 in practice. you're a 45 or a 46. I shot a 22 in practice, and then I shot a 22 and a 23 in the competition. 
So, so I know, you know how I know exactly what you shot? Because oh. your son decided it was a good idea to text me and oh, say, that's hey, right. guess yeah. who got this score and guess <laughs> who got that score? Yeah, yeah, so what was it? Because I don't remember concussions at all. Because <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't he, have texted you, you if, a, I didn't, if I, if I didn't beat right. him. <laughs> I think you had a 48 and he had a 46 or something like that. Yeah, it, yeah, it might be. It was a two-target difference in between the two of them. And, and I said, let me guess, your dad got the 48. And your response was, do you think I would have texted you if, I, if my dad beat me? Yes, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I'm sitting next to him in the truck, and he and he's talking and he's saying these things out loud. And I'm, what in the heck are you talking yeah, about? And then I got to back it up says, because up. Yeah. now I got to back because yeah. he was speaking into a text to you. Yeah. I went, oh, so it goes. He didn't even tell me. I'm like forty two two scores forty six forty eight. Guess who shot what? And then you get, what are you talking about? No, I don't need that. And then I got to back it out. And I get it back <laughs> out just what it said. He say something else. Good I didn't know that's what he was doing. He doesn't tell you nothing. He just, no. all of a sudden, he's crazy. He's kind of in his own out. world there. Where I yeah. did, he just didn't listen to me. Yeah. Oh, 47 and 45. I'll let you guess who shot which. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was two targets in between, but I didn't want to pump you up with one extra target because I'm sure that would have been the difference between you. When did you win any money? With that I can't. I can't now. I've already won twice. I'm out. Oh. So you're just donating to the cause. Now it's just practice. Yeah, that's good. That's fun. And you shot something. No, you didn't shoot Sunday. It's next Sunday you shoot, right? This Sunday coming up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. This Sunday coming up. We so, shoot what, two more good. shoots and we're all done. Thank Saint goodness. Thomas and Vershoyle. Thank you. Two goodness. Sundays in a row. Yeah, I looked at the ATA schedule for this year, and with gas prices at $2 a liter or whatever it's going to be by the time summer comes, I'm not sure. I'm going to have to cut back substantially on what my expectations what, are got, for the summertime. I got 13 flats right now, and I don't think I can afford to buy any more because now yep. they're 100 bucks a flat. Okay, let, let me tell you. We were, we've were we been talking, and, and Todd says, okay, Hummison's out. Every place is out. we got to have shells or we're not going to shoot this summer. So I said, great, let's, let's, uh, I'm going to call a couple places and I'll go Friday. And my wife says, I'll go with you. I said, really? Said, yeah. For the record, I called a couple places, but carry on. <laughs> I called a couple places and I told them to book them at this place in, uh, I can't remember the place. Anyway, I told them to book them in this place. And then on the way, I called another one and they were a dollar a box difference. They were higher. And so I said to him, how many you got? And he said he got lots. So I'm trying to do the math and the gas. Because that's how frugal that well, is. That's it. He's no, going, you're absolutely right. Because right. yeah. the one place is like an hour and a half away. The other place is an hour away. The place that's an hour no, no, away no, is a dollar more. No, there's an, uh, there was an hour difference in the two places. By the time yep. you yeah, traffic and all the rest. So I stopped in the first place because I said to my wife, let's let's do the gas math math and everything so i thought okay if you if you're just going to buy a few flats then it's going to cost you 80 90 100 dollars for gas then you're better off stopping up short but if you're going to buy a lot of shells then you're better off going further where they're a dollar box cheaper and taking your chances on the gas so he says, well, Bill only wanted three. Todd wanted six. I hadn't made up my mind what I wanted yet. So I pulled in there. And so I put in this order and they said, yeah, we got them. So I paid them. And he says, drive around out to the warehouse. So I drove around out to the warehouse and sat there for 45 minutes. Now, we took 
55 minutes getting there. That's how, that's what it said on the, on ways. That's what it took us 55 minutes to get there. So we sat there for 45 minutes. So I went looking for the guy and he says, we can't find him. We got five guys looking for him. For the I, shells. You couldn't the find the shells. shells. Find he says, we've misplaced 29 flats of what you want. That's gold right there. Holy smokes. Misplaced 29 flats? Yep. <laughs> Somebody's shooting for free this summer. I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, How okay. do I get a job there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said, all right. I'm not hanging around here any longer. I'm going to get my money back. And the guy says, well, I don't blame you. And, and I taken cash because the other place doesn't take cash. No, doesn't, doesn't take it, it visa. Takes, yeah, it doesn't take or visa. Debit. Only takes cash. So I had cash with me. So that's what I paid him. So I went in and they said, okay, this lady will help you. So she takes me to this till and I turn in the bills and I said, okay, I need to return these. I've lost them. Really? Yep. And she says, this is all on visa. I said, nope, it's all cash. She says, well, I haven't got that much cash to give you. And I said, yeah, you do. How's that possible? You just gave it yeah. to And I said, yeah, you do. She says, no, I don't. Look, look at my till. I said, yeah, it's all in that back till back there. That's where all my cash is. Oh, well, I I'm, I can't get it out of there. I said, well, you got a hammer and screwdriver? Because I ain't leaving here without cash because I'm going somewhere else. And that's all I take. So I want my cash back. You don't have to worry about him shooting you. Oh, I got to find a guy. <laughs> So I said, okay, well, find a guy. Well, then the guy says, well, wait a minute. I got to find another guy. All this to get into the point. So I'm really, so finally they counted out my cash. It was quality time with mom. You know, I was inside. She was sitting in the car toe tapping. So anyway. Playing solitaire on her phone. Okay. Headed up ways. I said, we're going to the other place. And we'd left town about, I don't know what time, 930. We were here, Todd. Left town about 930. I guess. By the time we got the shells, it's afternoon. It's 1230 going on one by the time we got the shells. But then I said to her, okay, if we're going to that place, she says, I don't mind going with you. I like these little runs, but this has been terrible. And we ain't doing this again in three months. So you better get enough shells to take you through the summer. And I said, well, that was, I was thinking myself. I'm not sure that we get, we did unless we just don't shoot that much. Because... I said to her, well, you don't know. I wasn't supposed to tell you this. But anyway, I said to her, <laughs> we're going to make go. this worthwhile. Mom will go for me. Uh, we're going to make <laughs> this worthwhile because we're saving a dollar a box. So Todd got his six. Bill got his three. And I took 10 because I ain't going back again. No. What, 10? I thought you were only buying flats? four I flats. 10 flats. But I wasn't supposed to tell Todd this because Glenda says, no, he no, knows you got <laughs> extra flats. He'll shoot like mad now. Often. Yeah, of course. Now Todd's yeah. got 16 flats and I, you've got nothing. That's I had to tell you this story, me. but. I actually have 13 flats. <laughs> I, that six was the bump up what I had. Well, I got uh, I got enough shells in my, my gun lock for 81 rounds. And that's not a whole lot when Candace and I both are shooting. So I got to I got to put some some shells but it, it, to you going down to going down to wherever Hamilton or, or out your way to get shells. It just it's not cost effective for the gas. So I'm going to be forced to pay a little bit more per box if I can get them at either Cabela's or. Well, see, and this is what places. I'm saying. So I said, OK, so shells are getting hard to come by. Right. And I just heard a yep. rumor last week that Challenger just which is our anybody listening is our Canadian manufacturer shells. They now have Challengers down in the States, too. They're shipping down there. But Challengers made in in uh, Quebec. So they're assembled in Quebec. Uh, I believe the lead <laughs> comes from France and yada, yada, yada. But anyway, I just heard that they're out of lead. They have no more lead. So there's another 
shell manufacturer that's going to be down. And I don't know for how long because of supply chain issues. So I'm like, okay, so we get these, I'm looking at the programs and what, what are the big shoots this year? Maybe I don't do some of the shoots and I do more kayak tournaments. Right. Yeah. So, but then then you look at the gas price going up. Well, the kayak tournaments are, I got to drive four hours, five hours to hit it. So, but I'm actually right now, Talking my good buddy, he's been on our podcast a few times, Petey Pavasek, into getting himself a kayak. So that'll put three of us in the truck to split the gas. So we might be able to make that work a little bit better. And so, Bill, yeah, your spot, you're losing your spot soon. I mean, with a fourth spot what, in the truck right there. It's anyway, we had very long for me. Don't hold it very long. Oh, come no, now. Don't hold it very long. I am not getting divorced over a kayak. I'll talk to Candace. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she'll come with us. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we didn't get home till after four. We had lunch down there, and we didn't get home till after four, and it was a whole day ordeal. But no we did doubt. save a lot. I did save a lot of money, and it offset the gas. Yeah, so. we're so well. I mean, we're gonna have to reevaluate. I got three ATA shoots, seventeen minutes from home, which is not that bad for gas, obviously. But the program is going to still be two hundred chills per you know for for Candace and I to shoot per per competition plus two days practice per per month or whatever I can afford to do well and that's it right you still want to go practice and yeah you know I'm I'm putting putting money away and stuff for it but money's getting tight with the car and that's the other thing it's not just the entry fees and your shells it's the cost of living day to day that's going to take that money away from the entry fees and, and yeah, that, right? Sure. Like, so it's not like, okay, well, we'll ration. And, but as these prices continue to climb, that's another shoot off the list. Another shoot yeah, off the that's list. Right. Honestly, I started off with 11 before I looked at the, the, the schedule before, um, yeah, a couple months ago, whatever it was. I said, you know, I, I, th- I would like to hit the trails, uh, hard this summer. 11 shoots. I know, is kind of what you were I saying that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'm down to six right now. Yeah, I, I just can't afford it. Honest to goodness, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just uh, for for the price of gas and the price of shells now. It's just put me into a position where I've had to very uh, pare it back to a point where I'm going to do a lot more stuff around here. <laughs> Unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, whatever yeah. you want to say, but like the the May two four shoot, I, I I can't get to that one. I'm definitely going to get to the provincials, which uh, I think is in Hamilton this it year. Is. If I'm not mistaken, yep. the end of July, but. I'd like to get down to a shoot with you guys there uh, at one point in time, maybe even family day weekend or something, or, or even another club we can meet up at. Oh, I'm yeah. going to hit Quinty for sure. Uh, See, in the Quinty on, one, on the I, I would love to get up there at the Growler and Scrimmy yeah. and everybody, but for me, that's 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 going to be a $500. Well, that's a long goal. That's a $500 trip. For you, it's a long goal. I mean, I can visit, I'm going to visit my daughter uh, in Kingston, um, you know, make it kind of, and my family in Belleville, I'm going to yeah. try to make it a, a family weekend because it's, it's a nice thing to to have and, and Growler and all those guys up there, I really like the club and shooting with them. But like, like Otter Valley and, and a bunch of the other clubs that I really wanted to go to just to visit because I've never, ever been. I'm going to have to wait till next year in order to, to make it a financial reality. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, right, too. Exactly. So take it as it comes. But anyways, I don't want to I didn't want to go down that path too much. But <laughs> well, yeah, it is. It's it's something to it think about. Right. right. So, I, yeah, I'm thinking if we can pack my truck with four guys and split gas, we'll still be able to make the kayak fishing tournaments work. Yeah. Uh, we'll be spending some time in the water this year. I got the boat done last year and uh, the car will be done this year. So we can just enjoy the things that we have and 
be happy for life the way we got yeah, it. Yeah, it's not like the car takes a lot of gas. I mean, you can well, you can draft actually, uh, draft 20, behind for the joggers. American friends, it's twenty five miles per gallon in the advertisement in the nineteen seventy three sales <laughs> brochure. So <laughs> I'm sure it's right along that now, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying, draft draft behind the joggers. You save some gas there. <laughs> You're jealous. That's, that's the only only way I can think about it. Is it jealousy? Runs you know what? Deep in you. Full disclosure: Facebook Marketplace popped up on me today, and because your phones are creepy and listen to you, a Volkswagen Beetle <laughs> showed up for sale, and and it was kind of custom. It, you know, they, it actually looked like it had an engine in it. Yeah. At least there was some chrome there, and so yeah. Anyway, you you obviously didn't see it. the picture of mine, right? Uh, I seen the video of the music playing. Nope. Not not the picture of the motor. Don't show him that, Don. You not show him I that. Don't, I don't believe there's one in there. I think you take the one off your boat, put it on the back of it. <laughs> it's like fan propelled air, and then you take Where that. Where are we going that, this weekend, there, Mister Millard Senior? You turn his like mic that. off, Mister Millards, and then you had to clarify Senior. So I do have enough respect that you call me Mister. Well, yeah. isn't that kind of you? He was just making sure you didn't get any stupid ideas and thought he was calling you Mister. <laughs> oh no. He Are we? He knows you would capitalize on it. Well, like I did. Are we sticking with the days of lead? Yeah, no, uh, like I think a, we do. I mean, I saw some some yeah. good pictures coming across the phone here before the podcast started, and I'm yeah, anxious to hear stories to about that. Where to go and what to do, and now I got oh tons and tons of pictures, lots of stories yet to come. But I wanted to do one. I wanted to tell stories that I had pictures, and uh, it, it's hard to. It's hard to really uh, remember a lot of names and stuff, but I, I'm going to get there. But what I wanted to do was, I remember I said we lost that one that was almost like a lake. We didn't, you know, the, the guy passed away and we didn't get it. Yes. And, but every Saturday, if we didn't have a place to go, we would we would go across the road because that was... The, the intersection, one of the intersections that we walked and we found, uh, we found a swampy wooded wet spot. We found a low lying pond and we found this lake. And then when we got to the car, we crossed the road and went the other way for, I don't know, a hundred, couple hundred yards and found this muddy wet hole field. And uh, so what we do is we would go and pull in there, throw a few decoys out in that wet spot. It just seemed to be wet and muddy all the time. And wait for the guy to lighten up in the lake across the road back in behind that Mennonite farm. And invariably, the ducks would, we'd see them come across the road and swing around. So we'd call and they'd come into that wet spot to the decoys. And so uh, there's two pictures that I sent you guys. One's of Ron, and I think Mitzi's standing with him, his dog. And the other is me. And we're, it, it looks kind of dark. That's because it's cloudy, windy. If the wind was blowing and it was storms and overcast, it was a whole lot better shooting than if it wasn't. It wasn't a bluebird day. That was actually the last hunt we had there. And then the old fellow passed away and quit hunting across the road. And so the ducks quit flying the same because he wasn't stirring them up and keeping them moving around by being in there on Saturday morning. But you can see the pile of ducks we had at our feet there. I took Ron's picture. He took mine. And we had a lot of good hunts across the road just because he would keep the ducks moving. So if you can find an area where, like even some of these lagoons and places now where the guy's got blinds in there and they're hunting, if you can find a wet spot near the area and you can set up in a wet spot, they keep them flying. They'll double, edge, to you. double edged sword. 
because nowadays there's more geese than ducks. Yeah. yeah. And so I know we, we ran into it some years ago with some new hunters in our area and, uh, they, there's gravel pits that we wouldn't even ask to get permission in. Right. We didn't want to hunt them because we want, and, and I will get into this argument from time to time as I talk to people, and this is my stand on it, that you have that gravel pit where those geese are living. So ducks, they're a little, I hate to say it, but they're a little dumber, right? So they'll get shot at, they'll come back possibly most likely live it days later and come back to that pond. And, and with the lakes, if you're close to a lake and the lake gets rough, they're going to come into that pond. So you can hunt it over and over, but the geese, they're a little more wise, I believe. And if you, they're living in that gravel pit, well then they're going out to feed two times a day in the early season. And then as it gets colder and snow starts to come, they'll go once a day, a little later on and hang in the field all day and then go back. So you gotta, you can be in there a little bit later than in the morning, but they're, they're only coming once. So we wouldn't even think, we don't even dream about hunting those gravel pits. Do we dad? We don't even bother asking like who wants permission. We don't care. We don't, we know they're in those gravel pits. So we want to leave them there because they're living there. And then we'll, and then as the migrators come down, guess what? They're going to join up with those and they're going to hang around for a couple days. Maybe some will stay, which is the whole reason why we have the early season is they want us to get rid of the locals so that those migrating birds don't take on the living habits of the local birds that don't migrate. So, but you're going to get all those migrators come and hang out with them for a bit and go out and feed. And they're going to feed in all the fields around. So you're just going to get permission in all those fields. And we're going to hit this field this day. And then they won't go back to there because they've been shot at. They'll move over a field, but then you'll hit them in that field the next day. And then they won't go back. You'll hit them in the next field the next day. So we'll continue to go from field to field to field. And we leave them in the gravel pit area and which, which is great. Yeah, but then well, you gotta, we had got to give them some, some spot to go that they know they're going to be. They're not leaving the area. Safe, right? yeah. But then we get the new newer hunters came in and they went and got permission to gravel pits. Cause Oh, that's an easy hunt. And it yeah, is an easy sure. hunt. They're living there, For right? Either they go out to feed and then they're going to be coming back sometime mid morning. So you just got to get in. You don't have to be up that early. And then you hammer them. Well, now they left the area. They're gone. Well, now yeah. you just screwed it for everybody. Well, right. We could like, even have shared fields, but. You know, like a deer's bedroom. I mean, if you want to do that, you can might get one opportunity and that sucker's gone out of the area and the same with geese and you know why would you ruin it for everybody else if if that's their sanctuary that's their safe spot and you can get them coming and going then they at least have a spot that they know is going to be uh, you know not shot at for for a portion of the morning right but back then for some reason i don't know whether maybe the migrators were coming through it just seemed that he was in there every saturday and there was always ducks moving either that or they maybe they'd land in the other part of the lake and then i i don't know but he would keep them moving and he had a permanent blind right in the middle of that big body of water it was awesome but there you'll see there isn't a lot of cover around there we used to just sit in them little weeds or or kneel by the pond and in fact i even shot a couple picking up ducks out there in the mud and uh, come swinging in and shot a couple standing up right in the middle. They just do. In fact, I just sent you a picture. Now, this is, you know, back in the 70s, but I just sent you a picture of Ron. I took I took the picture, so it was Ron, and I don't know who the other guy's behind him, but Ron's kneeling in a cornfield. There's a little bit of snow in the cornfield, and he's got a sheet over him, and then whoever it is with us, and I can't remember who it was, has just got like a tarp over him, brown and white. So and, no blinds we, or anything. You just put a no, bed sheet on in the middle of a cornfield. Yeah, oh yeah, that's all we had, and uh, we shoot ducks. And we and you, you had success by putting oh, a bed yeah. sheet on. 
Oh, yeah. They'd, they'd come and land right beside you or fly low enough <coughs> over you, and we'd shoot ducks. And that's what we were doing at that pond there. See, and then this like, is where I get, you know, to a point where we overthink it, right? Because now, what is the, the biggest thing that we've said is a, a, a tributing factor to the success of your, your, your hunts? Brushing in the blinds, making them look like they were. Oh my gosh! Yeah. When you think yeah. you've got it brushed in enough, brush it in some right. more. You got to remember, yeah, this is geese, and this is this is the twenties, twenty twenties, and they've been shot at all the way down, you know, like everywhere and every field, and everybody's got layout blinds now, and a big difference. And geese are a whole lot more wary than ducks. We didn't used to see a lot of geese. Back then, we'd see some, and I've got a few pictures, and I can share some stories, but it was mostly ducks. And I'm talking clouds of ducks. Clouds and clouds, like I'm talking thousands of ducks at a time coming into a field. So they gave themselves confidence. They couldn't even hear anything going on except their themselves quacking and chuckling. And so, yeah, they they would come in, and uh, yeah, we just, whatever we could do to just break our silhouette or whatever, and Neil and, and I told you the story i never got a picture of this because i was by myself but one day i took a chair right out in the middle of a water hole and i just threw a blanket over me and i shot a limited duck sitting in the water hole in a chair really? what kind what color blanket just a dark one and just a dark brown whatever just looked like a big pile of mud like i mean a big pile of it mud. would it would have soaked up the water and everything wouldn't oh, yeah, it yeah yeah i didn't care i was sitting in sitting in the chair in the middle of a you never wore hip waders or chest waders or nothing. I did get a pair of hip boots, and and uh, but I I'm trying to remember now because I my next story is back in the lake, and I tried to look at that picture to see if I was wearing waders or not. I know Bill Chilton was, and I don't even know if I had any then, or if Bill was the one that waded into the lake a little ways because they didn't come right up on the shore. You had to wade in and get them when they got close, right? So the next series of pictures I sent you is Lake Erie again, because we would hunt, and we waited for a foggy day to hunt the lake. And so we would watch the weather, the weather forecast, and if they were calling for fog in the morning, especially on a Saturday morning, we'd say, okay, there's no way that we're going to uh, uh, hunt fields and stuff because you can't see them in. Okay, so when we got word that it was going to be foggy in the morning, like I'd call Bill, sometimes we'd call a friend who asked to come with us, and we'd plan on hunting the lake. Because that made it good. Because when you go, when we went down on Lake Erie, you're, you're hiding on the bank. And if it's not foggy, you can see them flying out there. But they don't decoy. They can't see the decoys. And you have no idea. Or, or they just, I don't know, you just have trouble getting them in. But if it's foggy, then what you did is you just called every once in a while and they'd appear out of the fog they'd come looking to see what the call was they'd come looking to see once they saw the decoys and come out of the fog you could get a few and that way we were a whole lot more successful in the foggy so if you look at those two pictures i sent you one is with bill chilton and gino and i'm having trouble i don't want to pronounce his last name because i'm having trouble remembering the proper pronunciation but you'll see they're both holding ducks on lake erie and see how foggy it is and i'm pretty sure bill's wearing hip boots or waders and then they bill took my picture and i'm holding my ducks in the fog on the lake shore with the white waves coming in and a little bit rough and then uh, would wash the ducks in and we used to have some Really good hunts on Lake Erie, especially if it was foggy. I think and, what I see in one of those pictures is a sawbill. 
It could be. We we learn pretty quick. Do not shoot sawmills. <laughs> Do not, yeah, you got that right. We learn pretty quick. Do not shoot the mergansers. And I was going to mention that. So there could be, like, this is early on. This is like 72. Yeah. You know, 73. This was early on in our experiences of hunting in the lake and experience to begin with. Every now and, and then, so, we, you know, if it was a rough day, we weren't getting much. We used to shoot a, a merganser or two, but um, yeah. we would eat them. And I told you, I told that story on uh, many podcasts yeah. before, right? Uh, yeah. Merganser is one of those things that, like I said before, that you you cook the uh, duck with a rock, you throw the goose out and the duck out to eat the rock. That's how That's right. terrible That's it is. Right. But you wrap them in bacon, you put them in the oven with a little bit of Worcestershire sauce and uh, soy sauce on top, and they are fantastic. Full Full disclosure, I have duck hunted, goose hunted for a, a long freaking time. I had to just sit here and Google saw bill. Did you? Bill. <laughs> yes, I did. Merganser. I know what a merganser is. I'm like, what the flip is a saw bill? Yeah, that's a long bill. With, yeah. And the hooded mergansers are, are gorgeous, but. Oh, I've shot one of them. And then yeah. dad's like, you're not going to want it. We, we seen it on a gravel pit and we stocked that sucker and I hammered it. And dad said, you're not going to want to eat that. And I'm like, oh yeah, I am. Yeah. Oh dude. Yeah. That was, it was like eating dirty, muddy seaweed. I got a uh, hooded merganser mounted in my garage right now. I never oh. mounted it. That's the one duck I didn't mount. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're awesome. They're really nice looking. Some of them are and really I should nice. Have. And uh, the American merganser is with the, the traditional sawbill, the white ones. White one, young beak. <laughs> That's your history lesson for today, Todd Moore. Look at that. The sawbill. It's like pickerel or walleye. That's, yeah, that's exactly right. So anyway, so, that's, yeah. that was how we hunted back then. And then uh, we so discovered... So let me ask you a question, uh, just not to get sure. off that too much, but um, did you hunt out of a boat at all on Lake Erie? Or was it no. more wading out into the shallows? Dad and in, in a prison? boat? No. You sat on the beach and the only <laughs> way did you... No. Did, yeah, no. Dad in a all. boat equates to dad out of a boat. I've, I've heard it. Scupper plugs. I did it once with Todd uh, years, years later, and it was a sad story. But mm. yeah, no, we did. But what you did it wasn't was, that sad of a story. I smoked a teal. Did you lose yes. a gun in the bottom of the lake, no. or just fishing that, rods? Because it wasn't deep. You he rowed us out, and then you got out of the boat. And now we're a, we're getting past days of lead. We're into days of steel. Oh, yeah. But we had this guy that wanted to take us. He he said, "I guide, I guide out of out of Mitchell's Bay," and he had just started working where where I worked. So we're like, "Okay, we're gonna go. We'll meet you up." So where we get there like four in the morning and he's like, okay, I'll take you first, Todd, with the decoys and we'll come back and get your dad. I'm like, all right, cool. So he takes me out. We start throwing decoys out in a, like a big long J cause they're teal. And then he's like, okay, we're good. Hop out, dude. It's pitch black, pitch black. I'm in waiters and I'm looking over the edge and I don't know this guy that well. He just started working and I'm like, <laughs> just get out. I'm gone. Pardon me. And get he's like, out. hop out. I'm- and I'm like, dude. That ain't happening. He's like, you got to get out. I got to go get your dad. It's going to get daylight soon. I'm like, I'm not jumping out of this boat. It's pitch black. All I can see is black water right there. And he's like, dude, you got it. Trust me. It's only up to your knees. You got to get out. And I'm like, it took everything in my body to be able to let myself out of that boat. And when my feet finally touch, like try to climb out of a boat, you can't climb or you'll tip it. You got to actually jump out of the boat, right? Oh my gosh. When my feet hit the ground, there was that, it took a lot. And then we just kneeled down in the weeds, but 
that's another that's another story for the days of steel. We'll go that's back it. to that. Yeah. I digress. But anyway, we found the Colton Swamp, and this was in the seventies. And Ron and I... It exists today, and you can hunt it today. Yes. But it's not the same. Carry on, Dad. And it changed while we were there. So anyway, we we would go to the Colton Swamp, especially on opening day. And you got to remember that back then, and the the sea, and the, the uh, limit quit cha- kept changing from five to six. I don't know if it changed once and stayed there, but it changed from six to five. And I've got pictures with... 12 i got pictures with 10 ducks and it's hard to keep track i can't remember now um what the limits were different but i know they did change at least that's his story if any mnr guys are checking out his pictures well it's it's live now every day it would change i always (laughs) thought it was six so so anyway we found the colton swamp and because we saw ducks going in there and we walked in and found this place and it was huge it was humongous it was created by beavers and so we used to go there on opening morning and it didn't start till it didn't open till noon. And there was a handful of farm guys, five or six farm boys from around the area. And they all had favorite places to stand on the side. Where we went in, uh, they would come in, stand on uh, one guy stood on a stump. He's I'm going into that stump. Yeah. I know the one you mean. Another guy's I'm going around the corner. Okay. And we, I don't know their names. They didn't know us, but we, we knew them just because we were always there opening day. And they only ever hunted opening day. Now, Ron and I, we would go back more than just opening day, but they only hunted opening day. And we used to have a lot of fun. Well, then the MNR took it over. And they on the side we walked in, they put in two blinds. Dun, dun, dun. And then they cut a road into the woods and put up two signs. Blind one, blind two. On around the block on the other road, they put on the north side, they put in two blinds. And put in two signs, so there was only only four people or uh, four blinds were available. You had to sit in those blinds to hunt. You couldn't wander through the swamp where we used to. We used to hunt or wander through the swamp all the time, but you couldn't wander through the swamp. You had to sit in the blind, and your vehicle had to be parked in the number you were hunting on. So first come first serve, or did you have to pre-book yeah, first it? Come, no, first come first serve. That was it. Yeah. Which leads me to my... You can to, hunt... I think you're start. allowed like 10 yards, 20 yards outside the blind, around the blind. Because that, that rule still exists today. You don't have to be right in the blind to shoot, but you have to be within 10 feet or 10 yards or something like that. Well, you had to go get your ducks, and if anything... Yeah, but you couldn't, you couldn't shoot them when you were going to get your ducks now. You can only shoot so far from the blinds. So, anyway, uh, we, we decided we we're going to hunt with the blinds. So, it's Ron and Dave, me and Charlie... Well, we wanted to be first there. I said, Ron, how am I going to do this? He said, well, somebody's going to have to go and hold the blinds. So I talked to Charlie. All four, all three of us worked together. Dave didn't work with us, but Charlie worked with, with Ron and I. So I said, okay, Ron, you give me your car, and uh, Charlie, you take your truck, and we'll go on Wednesday night, get the two blinds, and Charlie, from, from Wednesday night till Saturday noon, you and I will live in your truck. Charlie says, Hey, sounds like a blast. I said, That's what we'll do. So we took, Yeah, that sounds like a good time. Yeah. So anyway, I told my wife, I'm, She's going to have a holiday. I'm going to be gone for a few days. And so Wednesday night, we leave. We drive down. Sure enough, I got Ron's car. And the, the whole plan was Ron and Dave come down Saturday morning. And so he, he would come down with Dave. And and just park anywhere because his car was going to be in front of a blind. 
and Charlie's was in front of the other one. So we slept in the vine. We had we ate. We had a Coleman stove, and each night we sneak in. We didn't go right into where the blind was, but we'd sneak in the path and get to the edge of the water, and we'd watch the flights come in. Every afternoon, evening, we'd watch them come in and, and fly around, and and it was a whole lot of fun watching them, and you're getting more and more excited. And so on the night, the Friday night, I said to Charlie, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep tonight or not. He said, I know, I'm pumped too. I said, well, let's go in and we'll watch these ducks for a couple hours. So we go in and we sit down and we watch the ducks flying around and it's getting darker and darker. And so finally I said, okay, let's, let's go. It's getting too hard, too dark to see. We stand up and turn around and we bump right into a game warden and we called him game wardens in. He is standing about three feet behind us and then behind a bush and we're talking and, and you know, look at that bunch, look at this bunch. And we stood up and walked back and says, what are you guys doing? We're watching ducks. What are you doing? How long have you been standing there? A long time. I said, well, then you know what we're doing. <laughs> he says, where's your guns? Back in the vehicles. Why? He says, you weren't hunting? Did you hear any shots? <laughs> like, 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 she's smurfy. I mean, I, I, I wasn't impressed with this guy. I'm not going to tell you his name because he. Oh, come on. He's done some stupid things. I'm telling you. Do I know the name? You know, you know the name. Oh, so I know the name. Anyway, I said, nope. So we then go. everybody in our area instantly knows who it is. <laughs> but carry on. We won't say the name. Yeah. <laughs> but prior to that, prior to that, I left this part out. Prior to that, this same guy came in on Thursday. He drove in on Thursday, and here we are. The same game warden? Same you mean? one. Same so. One. Folks, we're going to need donations to podcast at the redneckcountry.com to cover our lawyer fees. Yeah. That's podcast at the redneckcountry.com. We do go fund me, but it probably get, yeah. get, I, I, get, get taken or something. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. So, so on Thursday night, he comes in. No, actually, this wasn't the night before. The part I just told you was Thursday night. Wow, you've got me riveted, Dad. I am following you to a T. Yeah, no. I, I was just sitting there thinking I got this turned around. It's been a long time. But no, this is all <laughs> Thursday night. So he walks out with us. And it's Thursday night. He says, let me see your guns. They're right there. Right there in the truck. See? They're not getting them out. There's some cases. They're in there. And he says, well, what are you doing here already? I said, we're holding these two blinds for Saturday morning. You can't do that. I said, what do you mean you can't do that? Is it not first come, first serve? He says, yep. Well, guess what? We're first. <laughs> it's pretty simple. <laughs> he says, that isn't Saturday. You're right. It's We came in last night on Wednesday. We're first. We didn't come Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning and find them taken. We came Wednesday, found them open. We're first. Well, what if somebody wants to come from North Bay? Well, if they come from North Bay now, they're going to be at least second. <laughs> you better get on the horn. Is it your brother? Get him down here. Hurry up. He says, no, you got to wait till Saturday morning. Wait a minute. Wait till Saturday morning. What time Saturday morning? There's no gate. It's a laneway. Like who controls this? Like this guy's nuts. I'm telling you. And he Look, says, you can't podcast stay. Podcast at the com, folks. You can't stay. You got to move your cars out on the road and until Saturday morning. I, I looked him right in the face. This ain't happening, dude. Not happening. Uh, we are here first. 
We gave up work. And I said, guess what? You know them guys from North Bay that want that want to come? Yep. Well, they should have took an extra day off and been here Tuesday. And then they'd have been first. <laughs> so and he just looked at me. He says, well, you know what? I'm going to get the OPP and move you out. Have a good time. So he left. So he'd already accused of, because I was thinking this was the night before. It was the night before. This was the Thursday. This was Thursday night. This was one day into, like, this is still two days away when he was watching us. Thought we were in there hunting and poaching and everything else. So anyway, he leaves. So the next day, Friday morning, we get up. We're having breakfast. In drives an OPP. And I, Charlie looked at me, I looked at him, and I said, bum, bum, bum. Oh, my gosh. Did he really send the OPP in here? The OPP gets out, and he says, how you doing, boys? I said, fine. He says, I, what, are you parked for the hunting on Saturday morning? Sure are. Uh, I said, no one else has been in looking either. I was surprised. I thought there'd be more people trying to get in here earlier than us. He says, oh. I says, but by the way, why did you drive in? He says, oh, I just drive in here once in a while, checks things out. And I knew the season opened Saturday. And he said, I was kind of surprised to see you guys here. I said, well, we've been here since Wednesday. He says, okay, well, have a good time. So I said, oh, you're not here to try and throw us out? No. Why should I be? <laughs> so I told him the story. So he's laughing. He's, he's laughing. He's what a nut bar. I said, tell me about it. So anyway, <laughs> we found out, now I'm going to leave the hunt here for a minute, but we found out he went to Fingal and there's a hunting, what do we call it there? I can't remember. I Googled it last week, a game preserve or wildlife yeah. management area. And they have goose pits, not duck blinds, but goose pits and it's all fields. So they were sunk into the ground and there was probably about six of them. And so, again, you parked in front of the sign, and you could hunt out of that goose pit. So he'd gone there on Friday, found all six blinds with cars uh, behind them, like the numbers, and he told him, you can't do this. you got to wait out on the road till Saturday morning. And he made them move. Now, what threw me was the fact that these guys moved, because I knew a couple of them. The hunting community is kind of small at that time, and we all talked to one another. So he made them all move out on the road. I said, well, well, then what happened? He says, by the time Saturday morning rolled around, there was 15 cars waiting to get in. Jeez. And I said, so what, what happened? He said, he came down about nine o'clock and he said, okay, guys, he said, I'm going to blow a whistle and you can head for the spots. Come on. The fastest one, the person yeah, who can run the was, fastest gets there. There was fender <laughs> benders. There was, there was guys wanting to fight. But the six guys that had been there for two, for a couple of nights already, like it was So chaos. like Friday night, nine o'clock at night, he did that? No, this was Saturday morning. <laughs> that would be late getting in the blind. It didn't open till noon. Oh my goodness. And he did that for a pheasant hunt once too that I ran into. You know, that's another story. So. <laughs> so podcast, anyway. podcast at the redneck country.com. <laughs> so, anyway, we didn't know this was going on until like on the, after the weekend when I talked to some of the guys that were down there. So Saturday morning comes, Charlie and I, I don't think we slept much. We're 
weren't too excited to eat breakfast or anything. We're waiting for Ron and, and Dave to show up. And we don't have cell phones. We don't have nothing. We're just waiting for them to come. And they're not coming. And they're not coming. And they're not coming. And I'm thinking, good grief. Charlie and I wanted to get in there early because now cars are pulling in, right? And cars are pulling in. Like, oh, how long are you guys staying till we get our limit? Yeah. Like, we've been here since Wednesday. We're not leaving at, at one o'clock. You know, we'll be here till dark. We haven't got our limit. And uh, so they, you know, some would leave and say, okay, we lost it. We didn't get here, blah, blah, blah. But people were coming and no Ron and Dave. Finally, at 11 o'clock, they pull in. Well, now it's my turn to be mad. I said, you donkeys, we have been fighting people off. We wanted to be sitting in that, in our blind long ago, watch the ducks fly around in the morning or whatever and, and, and be ready. And, and Ron had this silly, stupid little grin on his face every time he knew I was mad at him. He'd get this little grin and he'd giggle. And he'd say, I, I know, I know. We brought you an apple pie. Look, we got you this fresh-baked <laughs> apple pie. Are you nuts? I said, we needed you guys here this morning. You said you'd be here this morning. And he said, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. We're here now. Here, here take this pie. We got your pie. We'll be fine. So Charlie and I, we go in. We get situated. They go their way. Now, we can't see them, but we're on that side of the swamp. We know about where they are, and we can't see them. So we're sitting in the blind. Noon comes. There's a duck in the air. Charlie looked at me, and he says, do you want any pie? I said, Charlie, I'm too excited to eat. I said, I don't want any right now. I'm too excited to eat. I said, I just wish the ducks would get flying. He says, well, there's nothing flying right now. I said, I know. But if I know Ron, he'll be impatient. And he'll he'll take a shot in the air to get them up and going because we we had stood there in the parking lot and watched ducks fly over. So we knew there was lots of ducks in there and they'd been in there for three days. So we knew there were ducks in there. So sure enough, about oh, 20 minutes to one. Kaboom from Ron's blind. And I thought, there he is. There's Ron. Wow, the place lit up. There's ducks coming up over the trees and out of the swamp, and they're flying around. So for about 15 minutes, we're here comes three here, here comes four here. And some did come by us because we'd thrown out some decoys. Some did swing over us, and we'd knock down a few ducks, and our shots kept them going. And then the guys on the other side, they and the other two blinds on the other side, they lit up and then swing them back around. So for about an hour, there was ducks flying around. They'd everything. They all didn't come over us or by us or decoy to us, but we, we shot some ducks and I thought, well, that's pretty good. Now we'll just have to wait here for the, for the afternoon now until the ducks go out to feed and come back and, and we'll finish this limit off hopefully in the evening. So I said, okay, now I'm getting hungry. I said, where's that pie, Charlie? He says, what pie? I said, the pie Ron gave us, where is it? And he says, well, here's the pie plate. It was empty. Charlie ate the whole stinking pie. <laughs> it didn't even leave you. <laughs> not a, not a crumb. I said, Charlie, you, you didn't even leave me any. He said, you were too excited. You said you were too excited to eat. Well, right then, but I'm ready to eat now. Oh, sorry. I didn't know. I ate it. I didn't even get any pie. Number one hunting tip to take away from this whole thing is do not leave a pie with your buddy in the, in the duck blind. No, it sounds like that's bad news right there. Okay, so now it's getting, you know, afternoon, it's getting five o'clock-ish and whatever, and, and ducks are starting to swing around, and they're starting to come in, and and I can remember that 
uh, I shot a pair of a pair of wood ducks come swinging right around, and Charlie he says wood ducks, and he was trying to grab his gun. Well, I already had mine up, and I up and got a double. I got a pair of wood ducks, dropped them right in front of us. Bam, bam. They were they were crossing ninety degrees right in front of us, swung swinging right over the decoys. Bam, bam. Got them both. Good. Went out and picked them up, and then Charlie dropped a nice mallard drake off to the left. He made a really good high rising shot on one. And he says, I'm going to get that duck. And I said, do you want to leave it there for a bit in this case something else? He's not. No, I'm going to get it now. And I said, okay. Well, you know, when a tree falls over and the roots come out of the ground, there's that root piece that's bigger and higher and wider than the tree and it sticks up in the air. Well, in the swamp, it's full of trees that have fallen over, died and fallen over. And you got to walk. you got to stick your foot out and, and kick the tree in front of you and make sure you step over it because you can't see it under the water. And you got to watch for the holes that were created because now those, those root balls have rotted off and it's created a dip at the base of that tree. So you got to feel your way through when you're going through the swamp. So Charlie, he starts out there to get this duck and he's walking towards it. He says, oh, I got two more steps. And he took the next step and stepped in one of them hollows and he went under and his head disappeared. And all I could see was his arm sticking up out of the, <laughs> out of the water with his gun. And I went, Oh my gosh. And he, he'd stepped into the hollow, but he didn't fall right into the hollow. He'd stepped on the side of the hollow. And so he was still standing upright and he walked backwards up and he comes up and his head comes out of the water and he turns to me and he says, Kept my gun dry. <laughs> yeah. Dave, day four from living rough. He's probably needed a bath anyway. So he was getting a little yeah, ripe, okay. I imagine. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, he got the duck. Well, by it was uh, almost dark when we limited out. We got 10. Uh, whether the limit had dropped from six to five that time, I don't know. But we got 10 because that helps me in the picture. Ron and Dave got 10. And we met back at the vehicles. Thanks a lot for holding the, the blinds for us. They had a good hunt. We had a good hunt. And I've sent you a picture in my back room and it's kind of dark because of them old Instamatic cameras, but there's, you'll it's 10 ducks, five and five. And that picture, five were mine, five were Charlie's. And then I took a picture of Charlie behind those ducks. And so we did get our limit. And you'll, I think it says somewhere on the edge, it says opening day in the picture. You'll see opening day, but it goes yeah. on to say opening day at Colton Swamp. Now, you can still do that, but I think there's only certain days you're allowed to go in now. And I can't remember all the rules, but so many people know it's about a, it now. It's a nice bunch of ducks there. <laughs> yeah. There's, there was a mixed bag of ducks, but it was, uh, that, was our, that was our opening day go-to place. Now, to follow up on that, on that game warden, and, and uh, I knew the guy that was in charge in Elmer. I knew him on a first-name basis. And so I went down to see him, and I said, okay, you know, I've had, this is the third run-in I've had with this guy that has done stupid things. And I, I want to tell you what he tried to do to us. And then I've got a couple friends. I didn't see this, but they told me this is what he did at Fingal. And he says, I heard about the mess at Fingal. I didn't know he stopped at Colton first. I said, he did, but I told him to buzz off. And he said, oh, my goodness. He says, well, yeah. And I said, this is the third time I've talked to you about idiocy. 
has a, there was a pheasant hunt at Fingal, and he'd been one of the guys that put the fin that put the uh, pheasants out, so he knew where they were. Told his buddies. So when the guys from the gun club, we decided, okay, uh, we don't know what day they're going to put the pheasants in, but we know that that this Saturday is one of the days you can hunt. Do you want to go and see if we can pick some up? There was four or five of us, two dogs. It was Ron, me, the Rudders, Jim Dunn, and two dogs, Ron's dog and Jim Rudder's dog. And we'll just kind of go through there and see if we can pick up a few birds. And I said, yeah, sounds like fun. Let's do that. So we pull in in the morning. And at that time, uh, I, uh, there was a time you couldn't, you couldn't hunt pheasants before eight. Now it's a half hour before sunset, but you couldn't hunt or sunrise, but you couldn't hunt pheasants before 8 a.m. And there was no numbers or anything. You just parked in the parking lot and went. Well, when we used to go, we used to go in there and say, okay, well, there's three or cars, there's three cars here and those guys are heading that way. Let's, we'll head over this way and we'd kind of meander over and, and get ready for eight o'clock, sit on a stump or something. Well, this part of this place was full of hunters at this time and he was there. And so when it got close to eight o'clock, he we thought, well, okay, we'll walk away. Where are you going? We're going to walk over here. Cause we're not going to hunt with us. All these guys are, we're going to walk over this way. No, no, you got to stay in the parking lot. Stand in the parking lot till eight o'clock. So then when I got three minutes to eight, he said, okay, it's three minutes to eight. Everybody line up here. We're going to nowhere to lie. He had everybody line up across the parking lot. And then he did the count countdown, 10 seconds. And then he got down to one and blew the whistle. Okay, hunt. Without a word of a lie. That's what he did. <laughs> That's nuts. Holy jumping doodle bugs. We're standing there. And well, then these guys started out and they're, and right away, you know that these guys are all anxious to shoot shoot a bird they want to shoot a bird before anybody else shoots a bird and they started they just like a like an onslaught of soldiers going across this field they started going across this field heading for the first ditch and they got probably about 50 yards out and then they'd walked over top of birds that didn't flush well then a couple birds flushed a couple of shots went off then birds started flushing behind them and coming back towards us at the parking lot so jim rudder yelled duck and we all hit the ground and they were shooting birds over our heads. And I, like, it was That's just crazy. absolute, it was nuts. It was absolute chaos. It was a war zone. Yeah, it was. And so Jim's, Ron grabbed Mitzi and Jim says, where's my dog? I can't remember what his name was. I said, he's out there. He's got two pheasants in his mouth and his foot on one. And the hunters are trying to get them from him. <laughs> Jim went, oh my gosh so he's yelling everybody stop firing stop shooting so he went out he got his dog he he gave the birds to the guys that shot him the dog was just retrieving birds so he brings his dog back and so when everybody dispersed then we went through just ourselves and we got five or six birds that day just taking our time and for in a couple of hours and we were happy and and birds that they ran over. So anyway, I went to see this guy and, and told him what happened there. So this was like the third time he says, yeah. And he says, you're not the only one. He's going to be behind a desk from now on. And he was, yeah, you don't need bum, guys like bum, that out in bum, the field. That's for sure. These guys are, yeah. egg, you know, they just create con conflict for, for no reason. But yeah, I had I mean, outside of that about. guy, that sounded like a pretty good story with the, uh, the, the, the another edition of Days of Lead. 
Days of Lead, Volume Six. Yeah, I had intended to Seven? tell you that I don't know story, but it was kind of like, you know, well, what was the three times you'd be wondering? So that's why I filled it in. Ties in with your uh, game warden friend there. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm but sure he listens we, and yeah. he's going to know exactly who he is. Yeah, we don't hunt. Uh, we don't hunt Colton anymore. Yeah, sounds like a hassle. Well, yeah, now the ducks get smart. You're not there opening day. They fly way high over you and land out in the middle of the swamp. You can't only hunt 10 yards or whatever from the blind. So, yeah, they know. Really? Yeah, there may be guys that hunt, but I just don't have the patience to drive all the way down there and park and wait and go. And, no, yeah. You get other spots. There's no point fighting for something like that. Yeah. You so. Got so, yeah, another good installment of the Days of Lead. There you go, guys. Good chat tonight. And I think uh, that was because you got oh, places to go and people to see. I got a hockey yeah. game to get to for sure. And I don't want to sound cocky or arrogant or anything, but did you see how well I kept my mouth shut there and let dad talk? I was kind of uh, <laughs> thinking you might have left or something. Or, or, you know. <laughs> was, I'm not sure what anyway, I didn't mean to go that long, guys, but anyway. All right. Good well, chat. Bill. It was good. Thank you. All right. We'll chat next week. We sure will. Have a good one. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. And I'm Todd. And thanks for listening. And, folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week. <laughs>